This is episode 173 of the 200 Churches podcast. To be honest, we had a lot of difficult. We had some times where we talked through of why are we doing this? This wasn't. This was never supposed to be like this. We didn't sign up for this. Our family shouldn't be. And I knew all this yeah. going into it, going that you're not going to sacrifice the family for the for building a church or adding people trying to do this. But you get caught up in it when you do it, and especially yeah. with work, because the other part of it is, is I need to make money. We need to be able to support, and mm-hmm. and your wife's not going to argue and say, well, no, no, don't no do we that. don't have yeah. to eat this month. <laughs> and I never was great at organizing my weekly schedule, my days off. I The first couple of years, I very rarely took a day off. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the Wright Brothers of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Swing it. <laughs> we are going to wing it here, <laughs> and true. welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I'm here with two, uh, one longtime friend, one new friend. I thought you were going to say one with long hair, one with short hair. Well, one long-haired friend and one manly-looking friend. There we go. I like oh, that. I like that. Let me say why that. Gotta, why you got to do it like that? You, you do know. have a mustache, though. So, <laughs> if you can call this a mustache, <laughs> then I absolutely I have a mustache. <laughs> so introduce yourself. Johnny Craig. And Zach Bauer. Zach Bauer, you have the look, man. Look at that That's hair. Right. It's beautiful. I would. I long to have Glowing. my dark hair back. I can't say that I long for that hair because no. I could have that you hair. Could. Yeah, but not I like couldn't that, have those though. sideburns, and that's the real reason that I don't have that hair. The mutton chops. <laughs> yeah, if I could, I can't do that, so there you, you go. You rock a man bun, though. I can. That's what I have going for me, the man bun. So here <laughs> in the opulent and luxurious 200 Churches podcast studio, we have Zach Bauer, who is a bivocational pastor. Zach, you are the first bivocational pastor we've oh. had live on the show. Yeah. Woo, woo. As in your last appearance, you well, were the David first church planner. David Fitch would say that he's a bivocational pastor. Yeah, but he wasn't live on the show. And we didn't talk to him about it. Yeah. No. We just did him on. We just did Skype, though. Yeah. So that was no, you know. Zach is much better. That's right. Much in better live and in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Fitch ever makes it to Orange City. We, LOLs. No, I mean we might How's be able to. Happen? We might be able to make a spot for him. I don't know. We, we're pretty busy, but sure. if he makes it to Orange City, we maybe can get he him in. I'm sure at, people would be very happy to hear his thoughts on things. He might speak at the college or something. <laughs> oh yeah, Mister Reformed himself is going to get an invite down to the college. <laughs> oh man, so this is. Uh, it's good to have you listening to us today. We hope that we say something. That is helpful Zach will. to you. Zach will say something. Else. Zach definitely will. Um, <laughs> you know, I was actually a bivocational pastor for two and a half years. This is how Jeff oh. tries to build some credibility right. now. With I, the I never, I never <laughs> thought of it like that before, though, because I think back then I don't think the term bivocational was used. Yeah, I mean, you were just okay. uh, part-time pastor. Part-time pastor. And of course, you're always you were always the part-time pastor doing the full-time job of pastor. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how we like to frame it. But honestly, I, I don't think 30 years ago that they used the term bivocational pastor. I think because they started using it because people got sick of people saying part-time pastor when they yeah. knew they're not part-time okay. pastors. <laughs> okay. So we better find a new name for this thing because I'm certainly not a part-time that pastor. That might be true. And I, we know that a lot of our listeners, a lot of you are bivocational pastors. Salt of the earth, And man. Johnny and I are not. And we've not given you a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of content you know, because we don't, we don't have it. But yeah. Zach, 
you have it. Zach has it because you work a job other than pastor. So yeah. introduce yourself again. You were on several weeks back. Yep. But introduce yourself again to remind people. Yeah, Zach Bauer, pastor of Red Door Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a three-year-old church plant, planted from Montana in 2012, launched in 13, and uh, just celebrated three years. And yeah, we came out of a church plant um, and are out of a church planted in, in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And, and we knew right away when we came over here, uh, my pastor, uh, he took over a church and was bivocational. And so kind of part of the philosophy that we had when we planted, uh, he really felt strongly and felt that it was good for us to launch as a bivocational. Yeah. Um, it was his experience. Uh, on top of that, we didn't have a lot of funds that we brought with, and so there was sure. no way for us to be able to put me on staff. And so so I knew coming before I even stepped foot planting, I knew that that was going to be my path. I had never done that. Uh, I had been a full-time pastor for 10 years and so this was all new for me. And so when we came over to look, I started looking for a job, which for me was a difficult challenge because sure. I worked in a church for 10 years. And in my what mind, I'm thinking, do? yeah, what am I good at? Yeah. Like, who's going to hire me? That's what I, I would don't do, have any yeah. real skills. Were you educated for anything else? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I mean, I had Bible school I'd gone through. I'd gone to two years of graphic design school, but I don't want to say I your pastor out. was a sadist, but I mean, <laughs> that's kind of cruel that he sends you into the wild with... Yeah, it was. It was a, a job, it, buddy. It, was a, it sounded cool in the beginning. You know, it's kind of like the church planning myth. You kind of just get sure. caught up in it. But it's like, oh yeah, get a job would be fun, and it wears off on some levels. But yeah, uh, yeah so so I kind of went out looking for, applying for a job. Didn't even know what to do. But I had done graphics. Um, I went to college for it. I didn't finish because um, of bonehead in school and dropped out and. But I'd always had a heart, love doing graphics, love doing art and computers. And so I had done that for 10 years at the church just as okay. our our in-house designer as well go. as pastor. And again, when you pastor a small church, you have many hats you wear. And so I thought, well, let's try let's try the, the graphic design card. And so I uh, we lived, you know, we're about 800 miles from home to Sioux Falls. And so when I was back home sending resumes, trying to get jobs, right. and uh, again, you know, no experience and... It was kind of trained in it, but not, you know, I, I needed to know a few more things. And so I flew out to Sioux Falls looking for jobs and interviewed. And uh, the last second before I flew out here, I interviewed one other company. And he shot back an email and said, yeah, can you meet tomorrow morning when you fly in? And I thought, oh, okay. It's, you know, he said, I'm a smaller company. Love to meet with you. Right. Met with him that morning, very first morning before I went out and did these other interviews. And we just clicked. It was nice. kind of a relationship element. Uh, it was him and his wife. He'd been doing it about four years. And he said, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I love what you're doing with Church Planet. I, I just feel like there's a connection here. He goes, here's what I can offer you. I got no money to give you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Great no. opening, right? You're like, you know? hallelujah. <laughs> but, hey, wait, but that's Johnny, isn't Sign that my up. kind of opening, though? <laughs> that is your kind of opening. That's my yeah. kind. That's honest, at least. Sign me up right now. He goes, hey, I got... For real? No money? <laughs> yeah, that's a bonus for me. I said, okay. He goes, well, he goes, I have... If you join me, give me four months, and we can get you on full time. If you if you can give commit four months with me, I'll help. We can try to get this going. And I said, okay, well, I have some other interviews. <laughs> Good to know you. <laughs> I love that. Left thinking. I love that. Probably not a chance I'm going to do that. That's My wife and spot. Not gonna two spot. kids and a baby on the way, probably not going to enjoy that phone call. Yeah. So I went and interviewed and, and all the other places, you know, kind of typical with graphic design industry, uh, they wanted to hire you on as a freelancer for a while. Oh, sure. And which isn't great money, not guaranteed. And so... 
uh, I finally said, I called him a day after and said, can we meet and chat some more? And I talked to my wife and, and so we kind of talked some more again. It was just, I think a God thing, you know, he just felt we connected. And so, uh, we, in that process, uh, our church back home, uh, gave me a severance package for about four months. Oh, and so we said, okay, let's try it. There you I'll, go, I'll go yeah. for four months. So I worked from, this is back in April. I worked from home back in Montana and we moved out in July and in August, um, actually when I came back, we weren't quite full enough to pay me full time yet. And so I said, I'm going to have to get a, another job. And so I applied and got a, a, a waiter job at a restaurant. And oh, wow. uh, within a week, uh, he called me and said, we can put you on full time. And so, so I, I started off full time in the summer. Our team came down in September, uh, started gathering, meeting, working full time, graphic design. And then we launched in February, like I said, and I continued to work full time and do church in those early stages. Took me about a year, year and a half that I went to part-time uh, with the design company. And uh, still to this day, I work about a day and a half a week for the design company and then church the rest of the time. So you're working 10 to 15 hours a week then? Yep, about 15 hours a week for the design company, uh, and the rest is at church. I think that's just an incredible story, um, especially the part about just taking a job as a waiter. I mean, the willingness you had to put yourself out there and you know do something like you had been a full-time pastor i don't want to oh what a step down but like you go from full-time pastor right career path type of job and look you're a a, you're an intelligent guy a lot to offer you could have gone and become a pastor at another church and gone from full-time pastor in montana to full-time pastor someplace else probably without a whole bunch of problems and you instead chose to follow god into a situation that uh, ended up with you at Applebee's. I don't know that it was Applebee's, but like that, you know, it's similar. A, similar yeah. <laughs> so it's like that to me, that's just a, that's really an incredible story. And I think that's why, um, that's what I hear about bivocational pastors. that makes me think these guys really, they get it. Like I'm a fraud cause I get paid, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> anybody can do something that they get paid full time for, but to the, the, the love and desire for the ministry that you show when you're willing to do something like that, I think is, is really just incredible. So, um, what, was it hard to work full time? I mean, was it hard to be doing full time work on this graphic design and thinking and planning through, uh, how to plan a church and also having a wife moving rapidly toward nine months of pregnancy? Cause I have one of those right now mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's a thing. So it's funny when he hired me, he said, I'm well, hiring you. This, this can speak to pastors. You preempt my question. No, oh, okay. no, they, no, the answer to your question can also speak to pastors who are thinking about sending out church planners, Oh, sure, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, they can just get a job and they can do whatever. So yeah, as you speak to this, a lot of us can learn from this. We, uh, so when he, we hired me, he said, I'm going to bring you on cause it'll work really good because my wife's going to have a baby end of August, first of September. And you can kind of fill in for me while I'm doing that. And I said, well, my wife's due end of <laughs> August, first of September. Uh, we had our kids about a week apart from each other. Um, and, and so that was kind of a funny beginning process of, of the whole purpose of hiring me on some levels was to kind of take some of the load off of him. Right. Uh, but when we launched, you know, when we first, when I first started working for him, uh, it, it was still challenging financially. We had a lot of times we were praying each month that we'd come through with money oh, and, wow. and, uh, and that was stressful. My wife, I'm not a guy who's a big money guy. I, I don't, not really motivated or care all that much. 
Um, my wife is much more administrative. And so sure. I felt the pressures from her a lot of that times of what are we going to do? Do we need to get another job? And so when we, when we kind of got to that approach and I went on full time with a graphic company, uh, right away, it, was, it wasn't too bad of a, of a struggle between the two because there wasn't Good. much demand of the church. Sure. A lot of our stuff was Sunday nights, uh, weekends, you know, kind of balancing. For me, it's always been trying to learn the rhythm of church life and, okay. and church planting. Yeah. Before pre-launch, it's pretty easy. You can handle it. It's not too bad. After the launch, uh, we grew. You know, we, 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 when we launched, we were about 20 people when we launched. Okay. Um, and not that numbers matter. They don't. But just for context here, we, we launched and we grew to about 80 w- within the next few months after we launched. Well, there was a definite different need from 20 people that we knew sure. to 80. Yeah. Um, preaching every week. Uh, doing membership classes, doing ministry meetings, trainings. Uh, that all has to be four times better now. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, the, the time limit is just you know a lot of late nights and yeah. weekends and and a lot of dropped balls and and when you're I think when I started as as I began I thought I had to create all this stuff you know and right. so there's an element in me kind of probably a pride issue is like I didn't want to share any other one resources I had to come up sure. with it all myself and. And quickly, you know, burnout happened, you know, started happening pretty quickly that I was just getting fried on time and meeting with people. And, and so my work, my boss started recognizing that it was just difficult for me to balance every day at the office and then trying to do lunch meetings with somebody and sure. early morning breakfasts with somebody and, and trying to do all these things. It was just a real difficult balance. Yeah. Um, and so that's when we started to talk a little bit about how do we be a little more flexible, allow me to work from home. Yeah. Again, my job allowed working with graphics is you don't have to be in house. You can kind of work from home sure. on a computer. And, and so that allowed some flexibility, but, but learning kind of how to, the rhythm of ministry was a challenge hmm. um, for us to learn. Okay. What days do I need to devote? What days are family days and early days, man, I was not good at developing family day, personal day, church day, work day, I just kind of did, ran, 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 sprinted. Every day was the same. Busy, yes. right? Yeah. I sprinted, even though I don't look like a sprinter. Uh, <laughs> church life, I sprinted. And uh, it was just a continual stress mm-hmm. and, 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 and beginning to the place where uh, family was recognizing, church was, was feeling it, work was feeling it. So learning the rhythm is important of how much you can handle. Yeah. Um, for me, it's finding out what's, uh, what, what kind of helps me re-energize and, and trying to tap into that. So that was like six months to the first year, yep. right? Yep. Where you were still working full time, but the church was growing up over the 50 mark. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of people. You had to really start kicking stuff off. Did you actually, did you hit a moment where you just said to yourself, man, I'm, I'm fried, I'm burned out, or maybe your wife said it or you realized it, or was it kind of like a stage? It was a stage for us. Uh, we recognized, you know, obviously church finances started to in, increase, we found a building uh, that was really cheap for us, which freed up some money to devote towards a little bit more ministry uh, paying for me and allowing me to sure. step back a little bit. Um, but it was definitely, I think, a, a stage or even a season of church life where I recognized uh, there was just a bit more of a demand on me to prepare, to meet. Um, I didn't a lot of relationship stuff connecting. Um, I wouldn't consider a lot of my study time. I didn't really count that into my everyday week. That was more uh, off times and weekends. I would work on that. But but it was a season and stage that we kind of moved into that the church needed more. Uh, we felt the pressure of I just can't continue to do both. 
Um, and we were really discussing how do we, how do we balance the two? Cause the church can't completely pay me uh, full time, but how much does it need from me? And we debated and we talked a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, um, of what, what that looks like. And is this going to put a strain on the church? And, and we came to the church when we first did that and we approached and said, Hey, we, you know, I'm going to go to, you know, uh, a little bit more hours here at the church and I thought, man, that's going to totally be a weird, awkward conversation. Sure. The church is going to be like, what? Oh, he wants money. He wants more money. And <laughs> I think you kind of approached that weird, at least I did. And they got behind it. They got vision. They were all for it. And that's uh, awesome. And so we saw a good momentum push to there. And so I went down, I think, to three days a week after that. And I then kind of stepped back to where I am now. But you were telling us off air, you like the other work. I think that was off air. Maybe it was on air. But yeah. you like the Bivo thing. It was great. Because Jeff I, said, you're tr- so you're trying to get out of it, right? And you kind of said no. There's elements. I mean, right now I work a day and a half. Right. Um, and I enjoy the one day a week. It's The job I worked has given me a lot of opportunities to meet so many leaders, business owners, uh, people in the community, right. other nonprofits and churches. And so that element of connecting with people, working with other people. We have an office of four or five uh, people in the staff. And so connecting with them has been really helpful of just kind of keeping my uh, eyes and ears to people outside the church connected. I don't necessarily have a timeline. It's for us. We haven't our elders and our team. We don't have like by four years, five years, you need to be on full time. Um, I like the one day the job I have is flexible, allows me for one thing. I'm a creative guy. So it allows me kind of a creative outlet. outlet. Right. Um, one day a week to kind of push pause on some of the stuff. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, the, my the company I work for super flexible allows me to kind of be able to do things and not take the weight and responsibility of being an employee. You hit on something there. And, and this is another one of those, you know, I'm not Bivo. Um, and so it's easy to glamorize the Bivo because I don't have to do it. Right. But <laughs> pastors, we sit in our offices Maybe in the coffee shops, but it's like we're pastors wherever we go. That's what we mm-hmm. are. That's what we take around. You were talking about all these connections you get to make. And and like you pointed out with nonprofits, with other churches. Now, maybe room for partnerships down the road. You know, when your church, oh, we want to do some sort of drive to feed the, the homeless in Sioux Falls. Oh, well, I've worked with a company, yep. a nonprofit that does that. And you're out in the community in a way that so many full-time staff pastors Aren't. Do you notice a difference between the way it was in Montana as a full-time pastor oh, yeah. versus what you're doing now? Yeah, you get way better in tune with uh, what your city is doing and dealing huh. with. Um, again, it applies to any context of any community, but you get to understand because we deal with a lot of startup businesses, a lot of nonprofits. And so what mostly startup companies are working with when they're trying to build a website is they're addressing a need in the community they found or an issue. And so you get to be a part of hearing that process. We've right. partnered with countless over the last four years, three years of being here, uh, countless organizations that we've worked with because I met them doing their website That's and awesome. I love their vision. And yeah. uh, we do a lot of homeless stuff in our community. We partner with other organizations that we met doing work with. And wow. so that part's been huge. Um, in my old church, I had to be really intentional with trying to connecting with exterior yeah. things. But even that, when you work full time as a church, um, you load up your plate. I mean, we all work you know, more hours than we probably all get paid for, uh, at least. 
you just fill up this load of things, and sure. you, and you, what you cut is usually those kind of things in the community. So right. I like that element to stay connected, to be at least in tune with what the city is talking about, going through, dealing with what's out there, what's aware. Um, also, just open doors that we've had opportunities to be a part of uh, has been huge for us in involving that. Again, the job kind of opens and lends itself to that. So if you had been supported full-time by your previous church, let's say they gave you two years of salary and let you go, how how do you think that would have shaped your church differently and maybe even your connection in the community as new new residents? Maybe you would have blown up. Yeah, you? maybe. You could have had the... <laughs> <laughs> I missed something. Uh, so to be honest, it's me personally. I think I would have been less driven. Hmm. That's me personally. Yeah. You wouldn't have been as hungry. Yeah. I, I know it would have happened. I would have been comfortable. I would have had, you know, the bill. I mean, a, a, you know, I've never had to pray each month to go, okay, how are we going to cover the things we need? Wow. You know, which is not a fun prayer, but it's an amazing opportunity to go through that with your family wow. to yeah. discover that. Now, I personally think I probably would have been a little bit more complacent, a little bit more comfortable, probably sure. not as driven. Yep. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's God's church. He's going to develop, bring things in the way he wants and does it. But, um, I think for me personally, I probably would have been a little less motivated. Um, our church did help. You know, they gave us a stipend for a year uh, that helped us kind of get to the launch part, which was it was a huge help. And mm-hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you you are are driven in that place to try to go. Okay, and I think it's a driven. It's a healthy driven. It's not a driven in a place of I need to get forty more people so I can get paid. Like right. it's not that. It's the element of what we're really what's our mission about and. We're, we're committed to this, and yeah, there's there's finances connected with it, which is a, a natural process that we have to have and, and, and deal with, but it helps us just focus on what the mission is as a church and developing leaders and how crucial it is to, to keep those relationships connecting with people. Well, I got to think in some ways, and again, I feel like I'm pie in the sky in this thing. In some ways, yeah, if giving drops off at your church, pick up a couple more days of work, right? Yeah, I mean, is yeah. that... Yeah, there is a little bit of a release in the sense that, you know, you're not solely dependent on the church. I mean, we're at a place now where we get majority of our income is coming from our church. That's great. And the other job is just kind of helping cover the gap there. Sure. But yeah, in in a rough month, you know, we've we've always gotten paid, which is God's grace and and, and awesome. We've had a few months where it might have been a couple months late paying us. (laughs) Sure. But those months we were able to pick up extra job with, with designing and and a lot of freelance work. You know, my Mm -hmm. boss was really incredible and gracious to say. Hey, if you want to pick up some freelance work, you want to build a website for a church group, nice. uh, you can do that on your side you, and you'll make more money than hourly. And so, yeah. so those things have, have allowed that freedom and flexibility that the church doesn't, uh, on top of this, we were this last year, uh, this last fall, decided to hire a bookkeeper and admin part-time. And I think if I was full-time, we wouldn't have the funds to probably handle that. Right. Um, but without me having to take those extras, we were able to kind of shift those and hire someone who does a lot of the things that I don't like to do that right. before took up a lot of my time, yeah. emails, phone calls, internal communication. Now she does it. And, yeah. and it's, and it's, yeah, it's a great relief <laughs> for me. Sounds wonderful. And, and it, I don't feel like I, I lost money in the deal. It's like I gained right. more time, yeah. I have more freedom to do uh, pastoral duties during the week than sit in that office. That's very cool. So Zach, talk about your family and you can say, if you haven't figured this out yet, you, <laughs> you don't think you'll be honest because You've been nothing but honest uh, all the time we've talked with you. But uh, with with your family, do you have a day off? I mean, do you take a day off with your family? How 
well do you think you've been able to, in the blur of launching this church and growing this church, how well have you been able to prioritize family time? And again, yeah. remind us of how many kids you have and what their ages are. You have three kids, so we have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. So very okay. young, very, I mean, very constant stuff happening yeah, in the house. Very busy time yep. in your yeah. family. And how do you, how do you balance between your, between your secular job, your church job, and your family? How's that going for you? I was terrible for the first couple of years, terrible at it. And I think a lot of it was just my motivation and driven to, we got to do this, got to build it. You know, this idea that it has to be done, the sacrifice. Did your wife ever have tears? Yes, yeah. To be honest, we had a lot of difficult. We had some times where we talked through of why are we doing this? This wasn't, this was never supposed to be like this. Both both our wives, by the way, have had many, many tears. My wife was here. She would tell right now, (laughs) you know, a lot of moments of, of, we didn't sign up for this. Their family shouldn't be. And I knew all this yeah. going into it, going that you're not going to sacrifice the family for the, for building a church or adding people trying to do this, but you get caught up in it when you do it, and especially yeah. with work. Cause the other part of it is, is I need to make money. We need to be able to support. And, hmm. and your wife's not going to argue and say, well, no, no, don't no do we that. don't have yeah. to eat this month, <laughs> you know, but she feels the pressure of right. you know kids with three kids. You know, yeah. it's, you know, she needs time, you know, away. <laughs> from the Amen. kids yeah. And, oh yeah and i never was great at organizing my weekly schedule my days off i the first couple of years i very rarely took a day off i just would go back to work and monday and wow. saturdays and and we started recognizing it with the kids recognizing it with our relationship then it came to a place where we had to discuss okay what am i gonna burn out by year four or five of the church plants uh we want to last a lifetime and so we, I would say, especially last year, within the last year, um, I have totally shifted in my rhythm and structure as a church leader, handling work, handling church. Um, I, I schedule out my pastor, was really good at this, helped me work on kind of a, a schedule for my week. So I schedule out, this is what I have allotted for this week at this amount of time. And once I hit that limit, whether I'm done with it or not, I let That's go. It. Yeah. I've worked on getting my sermons. You show up on Sunday like, sorry, the sermons didn't make, sermons the, didn't cut. make the cut this week. So we're just going to watch this video today. <laughs> but, but look at this cool graphic. Which worked great design. for youth ministry. Yeah, you can yeah pull absolutely. Youth ministry. <laughs> they think it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, and so there was many a Sundays I show up. I'm like, all right, God, you got to do your thing because I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and, and so you learn through that, especially when you're bivocational is, uh, I think studying is one of the harder parts. Hmm. For me, it is. I'm not a real big scholar or, or really good with that kind of stuff. And so it takes me probably a little longer than others who are more natural with it. But yeah. when you're bivocational, it's hard to find time to sit down and work on your sermon. And it's not like you have every day you can spend all day working on an illustrations. And so yeah. I had to be really strategic with it. And so this last year helping me work with that. And then we made Saturdays a no church, uh, no, like we do have some church events sometimes that happen, but mostly I don't work on sermons. I don't meet with people. It's mostly just family day. Good. Um, I don't even study. I don't even look at my sermon um, on Saturday at all. Now, how do you pull that? There one has off? been times where <laughs> I did not get it done on Thursday or Friday and Saturday night when the kids went to bed. Yeah, I'll kind of run through. We've work been on there. It. Yeah, uh, but I have a rhythm now that I feel like I've gotten into. I do all the you know schedule out sermons and I, I have worked with. I think another benefit of bivocational I've learned is to bring other people a part of what your duties are. Yeah. Uh, Cause sometimes I think as a pastor, you kind of think I have to do all these things and you kind of keep them all to you. And reality is you can kind of hand those off to some other people 
just because they're not getting paid right. doesn't mean they can't help. And so we've we've kind of created a creative team, and so they'll come up with illustrations. They'll come up with nice. thoughts and things. And so they'll filter those to me, some ideas and things, and that'll help with some of the process of I don't have to come up with a sermon illustration this week. Cause that's so much better for your it. church. Yeah, yeah. That's so much better for your people that way, too. You know, last time we got together, Jeff offered, he said, anytime you need somebody to fill the pulpit, I'll send Johnny down there. And there I was go. like, dude. No, he doesn't want that. I'm listening to your story now. Like, yeah, if you ever need a break, I'd be happy to come. I'd be happy to drive over and preach for you. I can't promise it'll be as good as one of your sermons, but I, it's just one I'm of the listening guys. and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's a lot. So if you need a break, yeah. Yeah, I and bivocational, you learn, you just learn how to handle that stuff. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it's just rhythm. Yeah. Finding that rhythm that works for you and your family. It's cool, though. And not uh, killing yourself. Yeah. What were you going to so, say, Jeff? What? Uh, I was going to ask, is Zach one of the guys that I've offered you to? For yeah, help? you did offer me, and I laughed. I thought, there's no way he wants me to come. Especially, we had just had a conversation. I, I trashed somebody that I think he liked. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's going to want me to come. But now I'm listening to this, and I'm like, yeah, bro, if you need a break, like you just let me know. I'm happy to come down. <laughs> uh, you, you were saying that you, you've delegated yeah. some stuff. Like, Give us an example. What, what's something that you, you realized that you were doing, you were doing, you were doing, and then you figured out you could share it with somebody else. Yeah, so a lot of it was our administrative stuff. Hiring someone took a lot of the follow-up phone calls. I'm not naturally. I'm not. A, I, I don't know if any of our church people will listen to this, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not good at the counseling, pastoring type of. That's not my thing. So we've moved to life groups a few years ago to try to handle some of that sure. uh, load of just. Um, you know, basic level counseling, marriage stuff, yeah. parenting stuff, because uh, I'm not good at it. I handle that stuff off. I talk about creative stuff, um, even leadership training. Like I said before, I always felt like I had to come up with, you know, seven ways to develop a team and volunteers. And I was always against using other resources out there. And so right. we've come up with a team and people put in here. I found this resource. Here's this resource. And then we schedule out and we watch it or we listen to it. Um, which just takes one less thing for me to have to prep for. Yeah. Um, our membership classes, I've brought other people in to help teach those. Um, a lot of those things, that more prep time for me. So for me, it's the study and prep materials that, that takes up more of my time. Okay. I'm a creative guy, so part of my process of sermons and even series, uh, we, I, I have to go through that creative process as a part of the whole sermon series. But as a team, though, we'll come up with series, we'll come up with points, we'll come up kind of with the the overall and we'll package our year out in kind of a multiple series. So those are a few ways that we've delegated, you know, various things. That sounds good. Now, At some point we're going to have you on in some capacity to give very specific, I think, step by step, because what you're saying is like, sounds phenomenal to me. I'm not built this way. You know this, Jeff, like when it, I can have a big idea, but you're talking about all the building blocks that set up, you know, that build the house. Yeah. That we can get into step by step by step. And I, I'll just sit here like this. They can't see my <laughs> face, right? My tongue is hanging out, right? Like I'll just sit here so excited by the information. So we're just future, you know, reference. We're going to have you talking about that later. Go ahead, Jeff. As you were going through that with your wife and family, trying to balance it and create a good schedule, how much did your church people know about the struggles you were going through? Because that was my wife and I some years ago. And as I recall, my church people knew very little, if mm -hmm. anything. And I just wondered if You're it was any different book, with Jeff. you. You're a closed book. Yeah, I would say we were probably pretty similar because um, you kind of have this idea of, you know, kind of shielding people from things. It was nothing 
I would have no problem now looking back on it, sharing, going through our, our leadership team, our, our core team, uh, where a lot of them were a part of knowing some of those struggles and, and difficulties. Our elders were a part of it. Uh, but the general person probably didn't recognize really what was happening within uh, the stress and the struggles of that. Uh, we have really good friendships with our pastors and elders back home and other pastor friends of ours. And so we would reach out to them for help and advice and, and that kind of stuff to kind of walk it through with us. What quality in your wife, what, what qualities did your wife bring to this situation that you think helped you Mm. and helped both of you get through that time and, and, and land in a safe spot? Yeah. So I'm a big vision guy, big picture guy. Okay. So, Amen. yeah, I, I, I just think big. I have faith for it. I, I have no, like, that's just me. I just, let's go do it. My wife, on the other hand, is the opposite. She's very much a detailed, practical, very discerning heart. Yep. And so, obviously, we have a lot of intense fellowship at times. Uh, Amen. With that. Intense fellowship. I she's, like that. She's kind of my filter. I'll run a lot of things by her. And, she, and if I know it, it's like, oh, my gosh, like you can't say that or we can't do that or that's never going to work. Uh, she has helped I'm glad me I'm not alone. that. I'm oh, glad I'm not alone. Yeah, sometimes I, I'm like, yeah, and you're like, pop the balloon you're in my dreams of this me stuff. out. <laughs> yeah. You're like chopping my legs <laughs> off. I can't tell you these things anymore. I need, a, I need another filter before <laughs> you. That's amazing. <laughs> you're like, you're like man, you used to be a cheerleader in high <laughs> I know. school. Come on. What happened? Know. What happened? <laughs> So she has helped me uh, with the reality of understanding, uh, even with finances and structure and organizing and administrative stuff, just in family and and balancing things. Uh, I now listen more. I, I would say I was just, I struggled to listen, or I'd I'd tell her, "Well, this is just what we got to do. This is what it's called us to do." Or you know, we're called to do this. I would kind of throw that around, you know. And and it took some some seasons for us to go through and recognize that. No, Zach, this is what's priority. This is what's purposeful. Right. And and I'd just say the last year we've kind of learned, okay, church is going to survive without me. I never believed that. I felt like I had to be at the control. I had to be at the helm. And if I wasn't, it's going to fall apart. And and I think being year three now, I feel, I honestly feel the best I've ever felt planting that I kind of go, okay, it's it's working. Like the church is there. People show up. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, I don't, I don't have to worry or feel like I have to be so critical. And again, right. I, obviously I'm a leader. I have to be a part of it, but it, it's such a different feel now. And I think that a lot of that is from my wife helping me shift our thinking to go and our family is our first priority and we work on that and we devote. And so she would use this phrase of, you know, give your best to your top priorities. And I was given my leftovers to my kids, to my wife and, and going through hard difficulties. I, I actually had, what really helped this last year, uh, this last fall, uh, I ended up having some back surgery that didn't go so great. Um, I think it was God's way of kind of slowing me down. I ended up being in the hospital for two weeks, wow. um, lost function and control to my leg after the back surgery, four months of rehab. Oh, wow. Um, and, and so life changed dramatically uh, from October till just this last January, February. Wow. And it caused me, it forced me to, to shift and go, Okay, I need to I need to reorganize things. I need to be less involved in this and more attention to this. And a lot of it comes just to personal health, coming yeah. to personal time, to family, the church, all those kind of things. But it kind of came to head this this fall going through that. 
uh, when you go through a hospital, you know, and you're stuck in a hospital for two weeks and you can't walk. And oh, wow. you learn very quickly that uh, you now have to rely on other people. And, yeah. and so it was a hard challenge, very difficult for our family and us. Um, but we saw the church in its full glory of what it's about come around us and people stood up and stepped up and, and, and of course it, it worked and, and God continued to do what he needed to do at church and, and our family grew out of it. So yeah, I think all that is kind of a, a huge part in, in this last year of shaping us. I tell you obligation. moments like this, my year of law school rears its head and I'm like, dude, you go set yourself up for life. <laughs> Time to get litigious. <laughs> if I had four months of rehab because they screwed up my back surgery. You know what I'm over here thinking? <laughs> Something better than that, probably. Because <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like malpractice. You better get after I'm it. I'm over here thinking, Zach, you're a man. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, you're a good soldier. Make your God's bank account you. so, uh, stronger is what I'm thinking. There you go, man. <laughs> well, it, was it was it a mistake? No. Well, no, just, you know, it just didn't just a, turn out a bad, right. Bad back with um, a lot of bad back damage that uh, through surgery in, in, uh, inflamed and got worse afterwards because of the injury I had. My How tort, my tort you, lawyer uh, ears are saying that sounds like <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> so are, are your, is your back bothering you right now? Yeah, we. I still have, you know, after rehab kind of got me walking, got me moving again yeah. and actually be able to walk on my own. Um, I still have kind of the chronic pain in the back. Wow. And yeah, it's it's a it, it's an eye opener for me to realize, you know, uh, I'm not that old, but I'm like thinking to myself, all this process of this pastoring is a long time. It's a lifelong thing. It's yeah. something, and so it's easy when you're young to just drive forward and and just throw everything to the wind and go after it and and realize that I don't want to sacrifice my family or sacrifice my health or any other things um, for things that you know, aren't necessary. Well, I say, thank God you learned that when your kids are three, six and nine and not nine, 12 and 15 yeah. or, and I'm sure know. I'll learn it again. <laughs> well, some it's a level process. of it. Yeah. It's a process. Well, and here you've been, you're sitting here in pain, even though you are in an overstuffed uh, yeah, leather luxurious chair. chair That's um, what we do at the yeah. 200 churches. You, you are here in pain, gritting it out <laughs> for our listeners <laughs> to give them ministry encouragement. Well, Zach, this has been good. This will not be the last time I'm sure that you're on our podcast. Uh, and again, if Johnny, if you're taking a walk anytime soon, you know Zach might be the <laughs> yeah, might be the replacement. You Zach's never know. The guy. You never I'm telling you, it's going to be a step up in quality. <laughs> is there a step is, up in quality. is there anything else, Zach, off the top of your head before we shut this down that you want to say to encourage Bible. the bivocational pastor yeah. who's listening? Yeah, I would encourage any bivocational pastor that that might feel guilty. Um, or feel, or maybe I feel like other people look down on them because their church can't afford to put them on. Um, I think that's wrong. I don't think that's right. I think it's has nothing to do with their, you know, ability or wanting to see you full time. I think it's just a place where God has you, and, and it's a season that you can learn and grow through. And and uh, I think there's pros and cons to both sides of it. But I think the guilty part. I know other bivocational pastors that. Uh, they feel guilty or they're ashamed to say that they're bivocational because they feel this pressure that, well, I guess our church isn't doing good enough because I can't go on staff. Uh, I think that's that's wrong. I don't think that's right. So, so you're you're in your fourth year. Yep. Your church is doing fairly well, and uh, you are still doing about thirty percent bivocational. Uh, your your time on another job. Yep. And you're not upset about it. No, I I, I could see myself going. For a while more with this, with and, and there are job. pros, there are benefits yeah. to being yeah. connected. Pros to... and, and the job allows the flexibility. I, I get some jobs you might not have that flexibility, sure. but um, I know of other pastors who drive bus 
for a little mm-hmm. income and huh. it's and it's a great schedule and it's a great opportunity i know the coaches is a coach and and so there's opportunities that you can do that I think are great ways to connect in the community. Um, and it allows you to even free up more space to maybe hire somebody else or put someone else on staff without having to take you on full time. That's awesome. All right. Well, Zach, thank you so thank much you. for joining us and uh, driving all that way and being here. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. All right. Awesome. We'll see you next time on the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 Church. I might cut that out. Oh, it's like that. Well, the beginning of it was a little bit weird, and it might work with cutting me out in the beginning of it, because he was, he'd said something. He was like, let's wing it. That might be a good opener. <laughs> and so we might record around it. All it's right. uh, 39 minutes, though. So We can do another one if we get started in the next three minutes. We're going to cut it, chop it, drop it. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Uh, but we're we're about to do another one with you right here in the flesh. Wow. And then we'll make it sound like you left and came, came back. back. Yeah. So we'll be like, Zach, wow, last month Commute we talked back. to you. It's so great to talk to you again. You have the budget to fly me back. It's going to be a whole Yeah, right. you wouldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah. I so. <laughs> Was that a 10-minute flight out of, <laughs> yeah, from Sioux Falls to Orange City?